Hey, I'm Kylie Kelly, and I'm obsessed with all things business and motherhood and helping you navigate the messy and magical seasons of both. I'm a boy mama that grew a successful photo biz before hanging up my straps in 2020 to pivot. Yes, we're allowed to do that. Now I help other CEO mums just like you grow an audience of raving fans fast. But this podcast is way more than that. Think of it as your coffee date or happy hour with your girlfriends as we talk real life. Money, challenges, growth, frustrations, marketing, the messy middle, it's all welcome here. So get comfy and join us. Welcome to This Mama Means Business. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to this week's guest, Brianna. Now, we have had episodes on the podcast before that have been about your menstrual cycle and aligning that in a way that makes us the best moms and the best business owners that we can be. Episode 89, we had Lindsay on and she talked about the four phases of your menstrual cycle, the menstrual phase, the follicular phase, ovulation phase, and the luteal phase. And she talked about building out an aligned calendar so that we were working to the best that we could during those different phases. I then had Jenny on in episode 109 talking about how to break up with birth control the right way. Because if you're anything like me, I've been on birth control for 20 years and I don't even know what my cycles are doing. So I want to let you know, if you are at the very start of this journey, those two podcast episodes that you can find in the show notes will be a great place to start. This episode where I'm interviewing Brianna, we're taking it one layer deeper. We are talking about the connection between the 24-hour cycle and the 30-day cycle and how we can use those two different cycles in conjunction with each other to take this to the next level, to really look after ourselves so that we can show up in our life as the best mother, as the best business owner, as the best woman, right? And we also talked about rest. The conversation about rest for me was something that I needed to hear. And don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to go for a nap. We talked about rest in a really beautiful way, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So first, let me tell you a little bit about Brianna. So Brianna is a certified menstrual cycle coach and the host of the Hormone Rants podcast. She's going to share more of her journey, but it inspired her mission to bring the conversation around periods out of the menstrual health niche and into our everyday lives. She has over five years of personal and professional experience, cycle syncing, and helping entrepreneurs harness their menstrual cycle so they can optimize their energy and productivity. The results that she sees all the time are women that develop sustainable productivity practices so you can achieve your goals without sacrificing your health, your relationships and of course yourself in the process. Can I say, I feel like I have been on this roller coaster of productivity, burnout, productivity, burnout for the longest time. So I absolutely adored this conversation and I think you will too. So join me in welcoming Brianna to the podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest speaker this week. Welcome me. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. No, it's such a pleasure and so nice to officially connect in person (laughs) or face-to-face at least. (laughs) Yes. And I've already shortened your name if you didn't catch that as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) So for anyone that is just joining us, can you introduce yourself and and just share a little bit about yourself for our listeners? Yeah. So my name is Brianna Villegas. I am a certified menstrual cycle coach and I'm a mom entrepreneur and I work with primarily entrepreneurs, but that's just sort of the label. Um, Obviously moms and, and different roles and labels fall into that as well, but really helping them to harness their cycle so that they can optimize their energy and productivity. Gosh, and I feel like so many of us struggle with everything we're going to be talking about today. I know I definitely do. So I'm excited for this conversation. So how did you fall into this? Yeah, so it came from sort of my personal struggles with my menstrual cycle. Um, I had a hard time with it from my first period, but I, like many people, just thought that this is what periods are. This is what everyone's dealing with. But then in 
2016, I was diagnosed with premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is a sensitivity to the normal hormone fluctuations. So in this case, it's not that you have an imbalance, too much or too little of a hormone, but your brain just doesn't respond well to the moments when those shift. And so how that showed up for me was I would have two weeks out of the month where I would feel depressed, anxious, lethargic, intrusive thoughts, just like go into almost a dark hole and then my period would start and it would just be gone. Um, But even with that pattern and experiencing it year after year, it was really hard to actually connect that to my cycle. It took a long time to get there. But once I did, that's really what sent me off in this journey of like, okay, I need to understand better how my body's working and what I can do to support it. And through that process, I really just like learned how much we're not told about our bodies and that this isn't working with our cycles, understanding our hormones isn't a question of like, just when you're hitting the wall, just when you have hormone problems, it's really about how to function optimally in a cyclical body. And so that was the inspiration of bringing this into the world through specifically to entrepreneurs, people who are trying to reach that that peak in performance. Um, But when we ignore our bodies in that process, or we're using information that's based on male bodies, we can't quite reach that sustainably, we can hit it, we can have moments of that, but we have these dips. So we have these like, you know, bouts of burnout. I mean, so this is really about how to kind of soften out those those curves and those mood swings and edges <laughs> of our cycle. Yes, I love that. Do you know, it's so interesting to me that we're never taught this. And for myself, I went on birth control when I was like 16 or maybe even younger because I had really bad acne. And so I feel like I skipped the normal in, you know, talking quotation points, but I kind of skipped that hormonal experience because I suddenly just everything was flatlined, right? It was just like this even experience. And then it wasn't until I had Spencer, who we were just laughing because we're on school holidays and he's who is in the office and it's just bedlam here. But it wasn't until I had Spencer that I then actually experience the hormonal change when you're coming down after having a baby and that real big drop in your hormones. I was like, oh my goodness, this is what hormones can do and the power of them and how it kind of feels like mental health and hormonal imbalance is so intertwined because as you just said, like the depression, the intrusive thoughts, the things that we wouldn't necessarily link with our hormones, we'd more link that with a mental health. So yeah, it wasn't until I had that experience, I was like, oh my goodness, hormones are so important and so powerful. So I love that you're bringing, I love that you're bringing light to this work because I think that there's so much that we just don't get taught as women. Yeah, that's so true. And even just knowing what's normal is something that we get missed over. I know when like I was going to my first sort of appointments at the gynecologist and all this stuff, they would ask you like, is your period normal? And I, you know, even then, like it wasn't, but I was like, well, it comes every month. So I guess it's normal. You know, that was sort of my definition, but I never had anyone like break it down. What is normal? And even like what you're saying of going on the pill at 16 and starting so early is that our hormones don't really like balance out to adult levels until like between 20 and 25. So there's this whole window where it's like, yeah, those imbalances aren't true imbalances. There are hormones trying to, you know, adjust to our normal adult levels. And so, yeah, there's some fluctuations in there. But yeah, having that understanding of what's happening, why it's happening and how to work with that is just so powerful. And that's something that, yeah, we need more of, (laughs) even as adults. (laughs) Yes. So you mentioned before about um, being cyclical beings and how women are different to the male body. So can we dive into that a little bit? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So male hormones 
reset on a 24 hour cycle. And so it looks a lot like our 24 hour day where they have peak testosterone levels early in the morning. And with that is their like prime energy. They're like ready to perform. So they do great with workouts in the morning. They do great doing their, you know, focus like hard tasks in their work first thing in the morning. Uh, But then as the day goes on, they tend to uh, their testosterone dips and then they become more sensitive to their estrogen. So then we get that like happy hour feeling where they're like more up to socializing, networking, having conversations, you know, going to the pub for a drink and a game, you know, something like that. And then we see that drop off in the evening. So think about, you know, your partner coming home from work and being like glazed over, like no, not wanting to do the recap of the day, like needing some decompression time. So there's then fits into kind of what we think about as a normal day. Like, yeah, first thing in the morning, you should be energetic. And then that eases over the day. But with women, what happens is we do have 24 hour cycles. So our, you know, wake sleep cycles fall in that our hunger and uh, digestion periods fall within that 24 hours. But we also have the menstrual cycle, which is this 30 day cycle. And how I like to think about these interactions is that our 24 hour clock tells us when things happen tells us when we're tired, when we're hungry, when we have our most and least energy. But then our 30-day cycle really says how much. So how much nutrition do and, and food do we need to replenish what our body is doing internally? How much sleep do we need to actually feel rested and rejuvenated? How much energy will actually show up in that peak energy for that day? So we have these additional factors and, and things that are playing a role, but I think often gives this this feeling or look of us being erratic, right? Because you plan based on one week, you're like, all right, I finally, finally know how I'm going to show up. I'm going to put this on my calendar. I'm going to time block, you know, these tasks. But then when you actually show up in that day, you're like, okay, this is not at all what I wanted to do. What was I thinking and signing up for all of these things? But again, it's from this pattern of we've been taught to think about consistency and balance from a day-to-day perspective, from this 24-hour perspective, which obviously makes sense when men have been the ones who have sort of designed the workday and, and things to what feels best for them. But then we need to start making those connections as women broader and say, what does balance look like across the month? And how do I actually... One, just accept the versions of myself, but then two, how can I actually plan with that in mind? Because it is just a different metric of consistency. Oh, I love that, Brianna. And I think that I struggle with that because I am very much routine-based. I I like to plan every day that looks the same. And you're right, then you can turn up in that moment and don't feel like doing what you've planned out. And then you feel like a failure and then you're like down this rabbit hole. So how, as like high-achieving women, as entrepreneurs, how do we, how do we do this? Have you got some steps or what would you recommend people get started with to actually implement this? So they're working in or, or, they're, or they're taking into consideration that 30-day cycle as well as the 24-hour cycle. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing to start with is, well, one, like understanding the four phases. Um, and I have a resource too to go deeper into that because I know you've had guests talk about it a little bit before as well. But once you understand kind of what's happening when, you can start looking ahead for it because so often we plan based on how we feel today. So when you're feeling good and energetic, you're like, I should pitch all of these podcasts. I should, you know, launch my course. I should plan that out. I should make all these plans and commitments. But then oftentimes when we're doing the planning, when we feel that energy, we're often setting ourselves up to actually execute and fulfill those commitments, you know, in the weeks that we don't have the energy right before our period, on our period. And that's when we have this disconnect. But even just shifting to where you think about like the week before your period as like, this is when 
I'm schedule things because you're more likely to be scheduling things then for that more prime energy that you have than, you know, and when you're doing it, when you feel it. And so it's a little bit of, you know, counterintuitive of thinking about how will I feel when this is actually due? And it provides a really incredible framework then. So you're not just like staring at your calendar. Nothing's like so arbitrary anymore um, because you don't know how you're going to show up. But again, like having that understanding of this baseline energy allows you to then like work with it. So I think another way too to think about it is like, you know, where your starting point is. So when you're on your period, that's a great time to think about your goals and your why and kind of get really connected and anchored in what the upcoming month or quarter is going to look like. So then you use the next energy when you have higher energy, when you have more like focused, detail oriented energy, all of those things can serve that goal as opposed to getting, you know, kind of distracted or pulled in different directions by, you know, these hormone changes and how that then affects our experience of our work and our environment. I love that guide of like, okay, so when you're on your period, do the plan. And I can even imagine for myself, like I, I'm a very visual person. And so even like using a highlighter and highlighting the weeks where I know my energy will be at its peak and its highest. And that's when I schedule all the interviews or the, the outgoing, more extroverted work that we do. Right. So I can imagine highlighting that week and then knowing like, okay, and then this is the period where I get to rest. This is the period where I get to do admin work or, or just doing that. But I love that guide of like, okay, do this planning when you're in your period for the next, like you said, month or quarter. So at least then visually you're not jumping from thing to thing. Cause I find that's my problem. I'll just respond to things in my inbox or when they come up and you're not even taking any of this into consideration. It's more so like, Oh, I have childcare that day. Great. Let's do that. So yeah, I, lo I love that guide that you set out then. Yeah. And then that also informs like that motherhood side too, of like, when is it going to be more helpful for me to have the support there? When am I going to need additional support? And so then you feel like your day is actually supporting you and your energy that you have. And then that frees up that mental space and emotional space to help bring your energy up for the things that you do have on your plate that day. Um, because it isn't always just about like, do these things on these days, or you can only do certain tasks on you know certain days of the month, but it's which things are the easiest to tap into. Which ones does it take like less ramp up, right, to show up for? So, you know, a podcast interview like this, like today I'm in a higher energy, I'm in a, um, mid cycle. So, you know, I took a couple minutes to like breathe, ground myself, and I'm ready to go and talk about this. Where then, like, if I'm doing an interview before my period and that's just the dates that worked out, then I might take a little bit more time to, you know, do some breath work, do a meditation, do something to help me be in the energy that I want to be in. But knowing where my energy is going to be allows me to actually schedule that in. So it's not like, oh, now I'm running behind. It's like, no, this is exactly what I had scheduled for this portion of the day as prep for this conversation. Mm, oh, I love that so much. And I love the points you're making about listening to your body as well. I think sometimes, especially when we're goal-driven or we have little kids or we don't take time to actually listen, stop and consider how we're feeling or what's what our body's trying to tell us. And I think there's always so many signs, even maybe that we need a little bit of an extra sleep or something going on that sometimes we just don't listen to it. I'm, I'm the worst for it. I'll just push on through. And then you're right. Then you have those seasons of burnout and you're not actually working with respect to your body or with respect to the season that you're in. So I love that. I'd love to talk about rest because I struggle 
Like I just mentioned, I struggle slowing down. I struggle resting. I feel like my to-do list is always as long as my arm and, you know, I have two little boys and I just don't have enough time and resting is hard and it feels like it's not productive. Can we open that discussion up? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, this is what I'm very familiar with. This was a struggle because even when I was struggling a lot with my period, that that messaging of like anytime you're slowing down is is failing, is falling behind was like so present for me. And so even when my body was like, you can't do anything else today, the internal dialogue would always be really negative around that, which also drained what little energy that I had that day. Um, and so, yeah, it's such an important one. And when we're talking about rest, like even what you, you mentioned, I think what's so common for us to think of is sleep or a nap. And maybe you don't have time for that. Maybe it doesn't fit into your day, or maybe it's just like, that doesn't feel like it's really helping your day. Um, but it's really valuable to think about rest coming back to this, like listening to your body of what type of rest your body needs. And in psychology, they've sort of broken it out as there's seven different types of rest. And this is just really helpful to start thinking about what do I actually need in this moment? Because I think so often we're disassociated from our body. So that idea of like listening to our body can be really challenging of like, I don't really know what it's telling me or how to interpret it. But I think thinking about these different types of rest almost gives you prompts to kind of tap into that. So there may be times when you genuinely need physical rest, like you need to take a nap, you're exhausted, or you're just, your body like physically is fatigued. So like some yoga or walking, like something that's just more relaxed and is going to like release tension is what's needed. But other times what we need is like sensory rest. We need to step away from our screens. We need to, you know, put on either a sound machine or or earplugs and just like have a moment of peace and quiet. Other times we need to feel like we have community and support, like a safe place to be rejuvenated either emotionally where we don't feel like we're putting anything on, we can just exist. Relationships that, you know, feed us. You may need like creative rest where you're like, I just need to be able to explore ideas, play in some form, whether that's in nature or painting or, you know, something a more creative outlet, but that there's no attachment to outcome. I think that especially in business, right? There's this, these blurry lines between our creative work and our business where it can feel then attached. Um, so stepping away from that. So these are just like a few examples of, of ways that you can look at rest as being a broader thing. And I think the other component is like, even if that's like, that's a lot of prompts. <laughs> that's a lot of things to think about initially. It can even be helpful to think about rest in terms of what's passive and what counts as decompression for me and what counts as an active rest that's rejuvenating. Because there's even ways that we can be active in doing things that count as rest, but recognizing the difference there of like, do I just need time to like completely shut off my brain? And what helps me do that? It might be Netflix. It might be, you know, a book. It might be a podcast or what, you know, anything that just like allows you to just turn off. And then what are the things that actually get you excited about going back to work again? And those are kind of different, different ways to view it. I love that. Do you know, funnily enough, when you were mentioning the sensory rest, I actually bought some earplugs to wear around my kids. So two little boys, they're very loud. It's constant noise when they're both at home together, which I love. And they're playing and it's, it's great. You know, it's good noise. But I found as a mom to two little kids, I was just getting so overstimulated. And so even just a simple act of having earplugs that I can put in, even though I can still see the kids, I can still hear a, a level of noise. So obviously I know that they're safe or I can hear them if they ask me a question, but it took away that top layer of sensory overload and it's been the most beautiful thing especially on weekends rainy weekends right when they're indoors or things like that so even just 
knowing that and then you just linking that to rest i'm like oh i am actually listening to my body i thought i was just being this crazy mum wearing earplugs around her kids but actually it is quite restful yeah i'm the same i have three five and under so they're you know in that toddler loud phase and yeah sometimes and i notice it too like premenstrually my sensitivity to noise is higher so even that like just the sensory experience shifts for me um i'm like yeah less resilient to it maybe and I sometimes recognize that too, like when I'm being irritable, it's less about like irritation as overstimulation. And so recognizing even if I am like lashing out or like I need them to go outside, like trying to connect that back to what is my body needing in this moment. And it's like being quiet, but also recognizing their need because most of the time, like you're saying, it's like they're playing. These are normal happy noises. It's just really loud. And so they don't necessarily need to be any different in this moment, but we need to negotiate needs. And so sometimes it is like, okay, that's a game you can play in your room. Or if you need to scream that loud, you can go outside. But then when they are in the home, like you're saying, sometimes it is, okay, what can I do to manage my experience? So I notice like earplugs, sometimes changing my clothes to like a softer fabric, like just thinking about all the things that are coming at you. Or like I notice a lot around dinner time that pops up for me because it's like the noise of the kids. And then like if the vent fan is on and then people are talking to you, you know, it's just like all of these layers of information. And so, yeah, thinking that like there's so many ways to rest that happen just in the course of living that help create that little bit of capacity that help you from completely depleting your energy. And then you can add the layers of self-care on top of that. When you do have a moment, what is something that helps you rejuvenate um, and and really support you from there? I love the connection you made with doing these things and not being outcome focused. Interestingly, I went and did this painting class with my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law the other week. And I found myself painting, thinking about, oh, how can I make this perfect? How can I make like, what's the outcome of this experience? And it was really interesting because I always used to love being creative just for creativity's sake, right? But suddenly after being an entrepreneur for 10 plus years, I'm linking everything with an outcome. So I love as well that you brought to the surface, thinking about things that we can do that nurture our bodies, that are restful, that look after ourselves, but letting go of the outcome, which is a little bit scary to me, which is again, another conversation probably in itself. I I love that thinking about actually, what can we do just to do it? Yeah. And I think when we introduce those things in other ways, we really get to practice it. And then we can bring those things back into our business because they are all connected. But when we can learn to go to a, a sip and paint class and not care how it turns out when it really is a safe place, there's nothing's going to happen if it's not perfect, right? Like there's, there's no consequence. And so learning to practice those, those skills in ways that are really safe and the risk is really low can then help build up our capacity and our resilience to be more detached, you know, when we're launching, when we're raising prices, when we're doing those scary things in our business that do have, you know, outcomes and things and desires attached to them. Oh, so good, Brie. Okay. So this has been jam-packed full of value. And I know all the moms in business listening are like, oh my goodness, all the things. What is like one thing that they should focus on or start with that you think could really help them get started on this journey? Yeah. So the best way to start is getting to know your cycle because anything that I have like in my guide or that I teach or or show in my content, these are all things that you can add into your experience. But if you're just going from this perspective of like, okay, if I apply a formula, like it's, 
not going to be serving you the way that it could be. And so really starting with your cycle. So the way that I like to have people start, especially when they're thinking about like, how can this apply to my business is wherever you journal or in your current planner, wherever you're already tracking your life or your business, start to check in with that daily. And even just putting the day of your cycle that you're on to start to raise your awareness of connecting your experience of the day with where you're at in your cycle and start to identify your patterns. Cause that's always going to be the first step of understanding what happens for you. And then you can start to look ahead and optimize it and leverage it from there. But really, if you can work on that first piece of self-awareness, it has incredible ramifications. Even just that, the awareness itself um, frees up so much space and energy because you can have so much more self-compassion for yourself. And that's a place that then you can really build on and, and grow your capacity. Yes. Okay. I love that. All right. So for anyone listening, that's step one. And then where can they go to get more of you? Where, where are those resources that you mentioned? Yeah. So you can connect with me on Instagram at Brianna Vegas Coaching. That's where I hang out. You can send me a DM and connect there. And then um, I have shared with you a resource called the entrepreneur's guide to the menstrual cycle so this is going to be a quick start guide for understanding like okay which tasks should i try in each phase and so this is a great way to actually test it out and see what you notice see what feels good for you and give you a little bit of a taste of what it is um and then if you enjoy podcasts i also have a podcast called hormone rant so that's another great place uh, it has lots of bingeable episodes to learn more about your cycle and how to work with it. Amazing. We will put all those links in the show notes, but thank you so much for coming on. That was so valuable. I loved chatting with you and seeing you almost in person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Every single week, I do my best to bring you two episodes that are going to really add value to your life, whether they speak to your motherhood journey or your business one. I pour my heart and soul into this podcast, recording and editing them all myself. So there is a really simple way you could return the favor. If you would leave me a review, head on over to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and let me know how I'm doing. Leave me a few words that let me know what content you like best or what you might like to hear in the future. I create this for you, so I would appreciate that so very much. For the show notes and links from today, please head over to my website, kyliekelly.com slash podcast. I cannot wait to bring you more value and more juicy content to your earbuds soon. But for now, I hope you continue to have an incredible day and know that mama, you've totally got this shit. Okay, bye for now. Oh, 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 o